0: Welcome back to the Greg Group's Film Club here at the CineFamily, L.A.'s most intensive uh, cinematic palace uh, located in the tennis shoe and baseball cap douchebag dude standing on the sidewalk district where you can see lines of feckless 30-somethings getting ready to buy something that they're going to sell back on eBay, but moments later, uh, acting out the lowest moments of their lives in the shadow of the antique sandwiches of Cantor's. Uh, Once again, we join here on this frosty-ass, hellacious winter night here in Los Angeles. You know, people can complain all over the world, a volcano went off in Sicily last week, and I'm sure there's been inclement weather all over the Midwest, because they deserve it. But here in L.A., we suffer in our own special way. Could you please turn the patio heater on? It's 69 degrees, okay? I'm an actor, and I don't have any blood in my body. Uh, Only cocaine and the fluids from other actors. And that's how I exist. And that is the goal of being here in Los Angeles. It's a place that we uh, have all agreed uh, uh, that somehow fortune is going to smile on us. Uh, uh, In our own uh, special Uh, Talent. Uh, even though we're in a sea of other people who believe the same thing and that's what I love about this town you know people talk about Christians having faith people who move to LA have more faith than any humans on earth because we're sure we're going to be gainfully employed at some point again during the year and I think that's what sets us apart from people who move to say Bloomington, Illinois, just for example Uh, a lot of you might be from the Midwest, in fact I'm certain of it uh, however, uh, uh, you, you know when people move to... Uh, if, if, if you move to like Decatur, uh, uh, you're, you probably have a job in some industry like making uh, corn syrup for the rest of the universe. Um, but if you move to Los Angeles, people are like, what do you, what do, you do? And you're like, well, uh, I, I'm, I'm, I'm really a, a producer. I'm like, what are you producing? Um, right now, I'm at the convenience store level, but I'm moving... <laughs> rapidly uh, toward the other higher levels of producing, and uh, I think that's what gives us our, our pluck and our fortitude here, but of course we're not here to talk about that all night, my goodness we're here to show uh, Preston Sturgis 1942, screwball comedy classic starring Joel McCrae and uh, Claudette Colbert Rudy Vallée and the immortal Mary Astor uh, uh, it's called uh, Palm Beach, The Palm Beach Story, and it's from 1942 and, and uh, yeah, exactly I I search and I search uh, for free movies so that no one has to pay or go to Netflix or, or, or whatnot. And uh, whatnot not being a channel yet, but if I had a, a television channel that you could pull movies from, it would definitely be called whatnot. Because I overuse whatnot more than almost any other word except fantastic. Isn't that fantastic and whatnot? Um... <laughs> And uh, uh, it's on YouTube for free, so I watched it partly uh, today, or I partly watched. I watched it partially. I partially watched. I watched it fully, but I didn't watch the whole movie. I was, I wasn't partially watching it. I didn't watch with one eye and another on a goldfish, uh, or keeping an eye on the door because, as you know, agents often enter my house and uh, try to steal microfilm that I have hidden in a in a bust of Erasmus that I keep on my desk underneath my. Uh, inkwell that says vitriol on it. I wish I was lying about the inkwell. Uh, and uh, uh, I, I watched it, and it, the, the, it's free, and it's a good print. Um, the proportions are a little goofy. Like, I was watching a scene, and Claudette Colbert stood up, and suddenly I couldn't see her head anymore. And Claudette Colbert's four foot eight, maybe? So, I don't know who did the proportions or whatever they call it, the reformatting. Uh, You know when you get on a plane and at the beginning of the movie it'll go, "Uh, this movie has been reformatted and edited for plane use. And you're like, well that means they cut out scenes and they chopped off pieces of the frame. And then you realize, fuck it, I'm watching The War Horse. I don't care what they did to it. My life really couldn't get worse at this point. I had no choice. I'm on United. I'm going to Pittsburgh. Really, it's all lose-lose-lose at this point. So... Exactly, thank you. Someone when it's true. Can I get a fucking witness here at Christmas time? By the way, this is the Christmas episode, if I haven't mentioned it so far, for the people who are listening out there in Film Club land. Uh, it's a Happy Hanukkah. Uh, it's the second or third day of Hanukkah. We're still bargaining on that. <laughs> and it is, of course, uh, getting toward the 12 days of Christmas. And, uh, and then later, if you're a uh, is it Greek Orthodox, Christmas runs till what, January 6th? Uh, that's what I love about Christianity. It's fluid. Um, partially because it's uh, hearsay, lies, and half truths. And that's what makes it so awesomely elastic. Uh, for some people, Christmas is on the 6th. For others, it's on December 25th. I, for one, uh, I worship Mithra, the bull god. So um, for me, it's always the 25th. And, uh, and we never have a turkey, always uh, a steer. Uh, <laughs> Christmas. Christmas in L.A. is a special time because um, it's a time of year where, if you're in this neighborhood in particular, we're on Fairfax Avenue here, um, people will walk by you and go, it's a little early for Halloween, isn't it? And um, you're like, Merry Christmas, and they're like, <sighs> um, it's not a very Christmassy neighborhood. There's, you'll find no decorations on my block, uh, only the two gay guys uh, on my block. Who go wild and have uh, a giant swinging Santa and the whole enchilada I love it. I like neighborhoods uh, where at Halloween there's a witch that's run into a light pole um, that's my favorite street decoration, uh, since we're talking about them now. Um, the giant Frosty the Snowman that's on the front lawn that's lit up, always good. But the best one's gone, and it used to be on 3rd, uh, near Larchmont. And I think you remember the one I'm talking about. It was um, it was a, a mansion owned by a, sort of a rap tycoon, and he had a giant white fence around it. And maybe... 15 or 20 Michelangelo's, the David and on each one of these naked Davids was a Christmas hat, a Santa hat and then there was two black uh, a black Santa and a black Santa's wife in a sleigh throwing the black power salute (laughs) with a deer pulling it and there would be people from Japan just glued to this fucking place and it was lit up all white, darling all white All white Uh, Lights It was fantastic And if I can remember his name I'll die a happy man But it was one of the great Houses in LA Sadly it's gone now Uh, He sold it And he moved on But that one We went to every year Because that's what Hollywood and Christmas Is all about There's no Getting in touch With how you really feel here And there's no Thinking about your family here Because you've left them behind That's why you're here If you wanted to be With your family You'd be in Sparks, Nevada But you're not You're here so I animated that some of you are from Sparks <laughs> The whole point of moving uh, to LA Is that you're not where you were And uh, it's sunny And you get to eat avocados all the goddamn time That's every meal Avocado at breakfast, avocado toast Avocado in your burrito at lunch And then we just might throw some avocados On this chicken chow mein at dinner Just to fucking kick it in the ass Thank you I went to college with a girl Who was from Connecticut Well I didn't go to college with her But I, had, I shared an apartment with her In San Francisco And uh, she said that she'd never had a taco And never eaten an avocado till she moved to California And I was like Were you living in a penal colony? <laughs> this is why the east coast is verboten to me I don't know what it would be like to grow up there I assume covered bridges and whatnot. Uh, someone churning butter Children crying because this is their field trip You know what I'm talking about <laughs> I don't get it. Uh, No good weed, no good Mexican food. Eh, It's over. I don't care how many... I don't care how much Bernie Sanders there is. It's not enough. You're a mean one, Mr. Sanders. There's no Mexican food. Uh, um, Yeah. So, uh, in any case, this picture is a wonderful picture. Uh, Well... (laughs) it is a wonderful picture Uh, what I wanted to talk about was Christmas uh, a a little bit more because um, Christmas in LA we went to a a Christmas lot the other day uh, to buy a, a, a tree a Christmas tree lot I guess I should have said to be more specific although I think everyone was following me when I said Christmas lot no one goes to a Christmas lot to buy Christmas although if there was a town where someone would send their assistant to do such a thing it would be this town right Am I wrong or am I right, Justin? Justin, come in here. What is it, Mr. Murgatroyd? No one's been named that for sixty years. Uh, Go down to a Christmas lot and see if you can buy Christmas. I need some happy feelings around this goddamn place. Trying to do a deal with Ryan Reynolds and it's falling in the shitter. Someone's got to up the sperm count, or I'm going to cut this right off at the fucking balls. I don't have any. Take some from petty cash. Use the initiative hate when you smile during the holidays <laughs> buy everyone a rug this year and uh, I was at a Christmas tree lot uh, with my wife and my girlfriend and my boyfriend and we uh, went in and I can't remember the name of it Mr. Christmas Trees It had no it had a terrible name Mr. Green Tree or something like that and um, there's two lots there's one up in Sunset and they had an adjunct orbiting satellite lot down on the end of Melrose which I've gone to before and as I've always garnered nothing but satisfaction I have no idea why I'm holding this phone in front of me maybe security <laughs> this seems to be a little better Twas the night before Christmas I think it's better if Jeremy Irons does it that way it has the proper creepiness was the night before Christmas and all through the house. Not a creature was sterling except for a teenage girl that I'd seen in the second row and was completely intrigued by against my better judgment. Her stockings were hung in the toilet with care in hopes that big irons would soon be there. On Dasher, on Prancer, on Paramount and Sony... Um, I have nothing on the phone and that's what the whole chariot what is it doing now? I detest when phones take the initiative. I really do. And don't you take out your phone, goddammit. And I'm sorry I'm shining this light on you but I don't know how to turn it off. I do but fuck you, phone. There, stop it. Uh In any case, uh, Christmas in LA, is uh, so we go to the Christmas lot, and uh, I'm like, how much is a tree? And they're like, oh, the seven-foot ones, those are like $275. And then, oh, well, will you bring it to my house? Yeah, but um, they're pretty busy up on sunset, so it's going to be a while. Like, what does that mean? Never? Is that good for you? I was like, really? Uh, It was like a day or two days. To get a Christmas tree? Like, you know what? I don't mean to be a fucking dick. I don't mean to be like William Bendix in the movie Macau, but chop-chop you know what I'm fucking saying Um, if I'm going to overpay you for a Christmas tree oh person from Simi Valley who's never been to Hollywood before uh, and by the way that's who they were the whole crowd's gone quiet here like I've said something out of fucking school (laughs) but when was the last time you were in Valencia okay thank you so don't fucking look at me askance if I say Simi Valley and you're all like that was uncool it was fucking cool (laughs) how do I know it was cool because I told her my address and she was like is that in Beverly Hills and you're like no and anyone who lives in LA would know that it wasn't in fucking Beverly Hills and this is how I knew that they were from elsewhere they ate through the transaction they pulled food out of plastic containers and went like this well it's about 275 dollars and I was like, are you going to eat? Because if you're going to do that, I'm going to play video games while I fucking talk to you. What else can we do? I'm going to barbecue some s'mores here. Because what's happening means nothing to me more than a simple fucking exchange of ducats, right? Merry fucking Christmas, Seamy Valley and shit. Do they, do they have like a manners book in Calabasas? And it's what? Written on a blue plastic tub that you keep on your front lawn? So that when you put your baby in it naked in the morning to bathe them, you can read the fucking rules of etiquette that are etched therein. Rule number one, don't open a beer with your teeth. Rule number two, never buy a moving tire. Number three, that baby smells like shit. Rule number four, don't put too much oil when you're deep-frying the turkey. You'll burn the fucking garage down like you did last year. Rule number five, take that meth to mammoth. We gotta move this shit. So we didn't buy it. We actually walked out. We went to a very nice lot, a very nice Christmas lot over on La Brea, um, right above uh, the other street, and uh, near the shell station, you know the one. And uh, near Vaughn's that's John's, and near John's that's Vaughn's, right? There's a, I believe there's a Vaughn's and a John's there. I've never seen another John's. <clears throat> I've seen Vons Clearly, John's was a Vaughn's, and they changed one letter, and now it's a John's forever and ever, as Madonna said keep it together forever and ever uh, and that as I recall that Johns has an escalator in it or a weird conveying belt very unsettling I don't want to be in tomorrow land when I'm in a grocery store I want everything to be right now not in the future when can I eat this ham? later when your Christmas tree arrives from Mr. Green Trees when the people from see me, when the people from see me these are taking an untoward angle When the people from Simi Valley have finished eating their fucking tuna fish sandwich in front of me Is when you can fucking have your ham So it was a nice Korean lady And uh, I said how much for the delivery And she went it's free (laughs) And she laughed like a Star Trek character I loved her for that I fucking did So we got that one, and it was really nice. And Jennifer's decorated the living daylights out of it. It is really beautiful. Um, They didn't trim the top of it very well. So the top of the Christmas tree goes like this. So it has kind of a horned king feel to it. So there's a a definite satanic cast. And uh, most people put a a shining star on the highest bough, as uh, urged by Harry Warren in the song, Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas Now. We have a little uh, Satan that we bought. Uh, that lives at the... Adorable. It's a lot more like Hot Stuff from the comic books. Remember him? He was a little red devil. He had little horns. No one remembers Hot Stuff. And uh, why don't you date yourself a little more, Greg? Does anyone remember Gertie the Dinosaur? (laughs) So... Uh, we have a little devil at the top and then there's uh, these horns sticking out and Jennifer's like I need to trim those and I'm like mm-mm, mm-mm. Christmas needs to be a dichotomy between the, uh, born, uh, the birth of the savior of Christians and uh, the Antichrist uh, because his time has come uh, he's running for president and his name is Donald Trump and I think <laughs> without acknowledging him in a thousand different ways um, the least we can do is put a devil on our tree and acknowledge that the devil's in the house and the crowd has gone deadly fucking quiet <laughs> We may uh, edit this part out of the show Because if there's one thing I want my Christmas show to be It's evergreen <laughs> I don't know if you've ever seen the Judy Garland Christmas special But it's beyond compare It's on a channel called we TV. They're showing all of them They're showing Mitzi Gaynor Mitzi Gaynor had a Christmas special uh, the Andy Williams one which has the Osmonds and Claudine Langer of course she has to sing a, 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 a what's that one French Joyeux Noël or whatever right they, they chuck her a French song and uh, I'm in my own world now so just take order out you, you, you'll come back later you'll google it all when you get home and you'll realize five years from now you'll be like when Greg's dead why did Greg uh, uh, you'll be like that was the best fucking show. I can't believe I was there with Greg Proops and he did this on the night. On the night, I wish I'd laughed more and been more appreciative and had more cultural references. I wish I'd known more. I wish I'd known as much as Greg and then I would have been able to enjoy the show, but I didn't in my the depths of my fucking inky ignorance at the bottom of the fathomless fucking well of cultural references that I dwell in. Then you would know who the fuck Claudine Langer is. Uh, Blue, blue, She always wore these like A-line dresses That were kind of pansexual And later in her career She shot a, 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 a professional skier Named Spider Savage Which was fantastic uh, Not that she shot him But not a lot of French pop singers Shoot skiers for, In my opinion Not enough I mean I don't have a big wish list uh, uh, for Santa uh, I want world, world peace of course uh, because it's unattainable it's like asking for a, 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 you know a delicious fresh uh, kugel at Cantor's um, and, and I want uh, I want uh, more French pop singers to shoot skiers <laughs> randomly Saturday Night Live did a bit called the Spider Savage Invitational Open where Claudine Twanger was with a rifle and they would just show footage of skiers wiping out and her shooting them. Very, very funny. A lot of you missed the 70s because of your age, but uh, I assure you unsafe sex, conquest fucking and relentless indoor smoking were beyond compare. Why don't you have a power bar? Tell me about it why don't you go to a juice place and write your name on a juice cup or whatever and wait for the juice to come that'll be fucking awesome right we didn't do that in the 70s we drank soda pop and balanced it between our legs while we drove and we were fucking high when we drove on speed and shit and coke and whatnot. we didn't take Molly with our friends and take an Uber to a douche party okay we fucking lived it to the limit in Wranglers Halston, Gucci, Fiorucci. It was on. And uh, if I can remember the thread of what I was talking about, and I can. um, Judy Garland did a Christmas special. Don't ever, ever gang say me or any other word that means that. Uh, Judy Garland did a Christmas special. It's Jack Jones. I think Jerry Van Dyke. That part's hard going. Uh, Jack Jones, fantastic and they all, I think Miltor does Miltor May pop up in that one there's all these dancers and they're quite quite gay and uh, that's not the point of it the point is this uh, Liza's in it Lorna uh, Joey the whole family right Lorna Luft, and uh, uh, they all sing around the Christmas tree whatnot. Judy and then at one point Judy stands in the center of the stage Norman Jewison who directed Fiddler on the Roof, Rollerball, uh, 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 The Heat of the Night—an uh, eminent director, right? Not Jewish, named Jewison from Canada. He always explained, "I'm not Jewish. My name is Jewison," because people came up to him forever and went, "You made Fiddler on the Roof," and he was like, "I, I know. I just like the music." And. Uh, Norman Jewison directed this when he was a TV director. Um, clearly, Greg. It's like when people go, oh, I saw so-and-so before they died. No, really? You watch them from the grave, <laughs> bubbling? Um, and uh, at one point, Judy's uh, center camera uh, on the Z-axis and a ra- running towards her like this on either side on a diagonal are all the gay dancers in tandem or in a lawn, rather, all wearing reindeer outfits. And they leap through one by one. And my friend Jack Fletcher gave me the special years ago on DVD and he said, there's a scene in it where I think you get very close to what was going on in Judy Garland's mind.
1: <laughs>
0: it's a superb special. And, uh, of course, she sings Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas in the movie Meet Me in St. Louis directed by the eternal Vincent, Misna- uh, Vincent Minnelli. And, uh, we were watching Guys and Dolls the other night on TCM, or the end of it anyway. And uh, uh, Brando, of course, Brando and Sinatra. That really should be the best musical of the fifties in a lot of ways because you've got two non-singers in Gene Simmons and Marlon Brando, and then you've got Frank Sinatra and uh, Vivian Blaine, who you know uh, could beat it up all eight days from Wednesday. And when Marlon sings "Fucking Luck Be a Lady," it's great because he goes, "A lady doesn't play with strangers. It isn't right." Ladies, just wander all over the room and blow on some other guy's dice. It's really good. Let's keep the party polite. He really does that. Again, he's got the gangster outfit with the dark shirt and the white tie. Never get out of my sight. Uh, and then at the end, because he has to do some kind of singing, he goes, "Look, be a lady. Look, be a lady." <laughs> And then Gene Simmons, who's exquisite beyond all management. Uh, There is no way to contain Gene Simmons. Uh, She's like, what if Elizabeth Taylor was quietly drunk? And (laughs) absolutely exquisite. And she's in a a tremendous picture that I'm recommending right now. And let this be the one thing you take home from the Greg Proops Film Club, aside from the fact that you're on camera. And that's, uh, it's called Too Long at the Fair. And it's uh, Gene Simmons and uh, Dirk Bogart yes. and uh, I'm not even going to tell you the plot just do yourself a favor. It's not Christmassy but it is Ookie. and they wear like turn of the century 1890s clothes which they look super cute in. Getting back to Guys and Dolls. Gene Simmons in the movie gets drunk with Marlon Brando and she's the church lady the proper Salvation Army lady and when she gets drunk she goes, if I were a bell I'd go ding dong, ding dong, ding like that and you're like this is awesome (laughs) this is like watching Gene Simmons at karaoke sing the score to guys and dolls because it's how we would sing it if we got up to fucking sing it if you see a guy reach for stars in the sky right and all I could think of while we were watching it and I said as much and Jennifer concurred which was uh, I wish that Vincent Minnelli or Stanley Donan had fucking directed this movie because then it would have been pacey, lively, colorful, bouncy and you really would have it, it, the pace of the movie is a little bit lead but it's worth it anyway in case you want to and that's a Christmassy movie Guys and Dolls because there's like semi-gangsters and gambling and shit like that it's good fun and people speak in Shakespeare right you are, what is it that you have brought to me this day like they all speak in New York Shakespeare Damon Runyon right anyways we have a picture we're showing tonight And if I can remember the name of it, I'm going to say it as soon as I can. I'm joking, of course. The Palm Beach Story uh, is a superb um, screwball comedy, and I've been pressing the wrong side of my phone for the last 10 seconds just now. I want you to know that about this show. Ah, there it is. Mary Astor's in it, and Mary Astor's in, of course, in a zillion movies, including Meet Me in St. Louis, where she plays the mother. And uh, there's always a connection to Christmas. Mary Astor is notably in... um, the Maltese Falcon, where she plays Bridget O'Shaughnessy, who shoots Miles Archer uh, at the... Uh, oh, spoiler alert. In any case, uh, I just fucked the end of that movie for you. You may hang, Angel, but if you do... Um, so, they... <laughs> if you go to San Francisco, be sure to wear um, some Molly in your hair. If you go to San Francisco, there's an, uh, an alley off of Bush uh, Street called Burritt and as you drive by the sign it's on the right hand side it's, there's almost always an O painted after burrito, so that the, al- the alley is named Burrito <laughs> we're scallywags where I come from although now in this IT age there's probably some app you can get so that you drive by it and it says Burrito and uh in any case, there's a plaque up in that alley and it's an alley of no renown or repute whatsoever. It's, it's a very nondescript alley behind nothing. Like a, I think there's a, a massage place or something. There's a plaque in the alley that says on this spot, Miles Archer was shot by Bridget O'Shaughnessy. Of course, it never happened because it was in a book and then a movie. But San Francisco thought it was cool enough to fucking say, no, Miles Archer was shot there. <laughs> If you go to Paris or Prague, there's Holocaust monuments everywhere. In San Francisco, there's a plaque to a fictional character that got shot by another fictional character. Mary Astor said this. and She was in show business a long time, and she drank for a great deal of the time, then quit drinking, became a Catholic, wrote two biographies and three novels. So good for fucking Mary Astor This is what she wrote She was uh, in the pictures from teenagehood onward Barrymore tried to get over on her when she was a teenager And uh, her mother wasn't having it Um, And and he ended up marrying the other actress um, Whose name escapes me But I'm sure you'll go home and Google it This is what Mary Astor said And this is the canniest thing anyone's ever said about show business There are five stages in the life of an actor Who's Mary Astor? Get me Mary Astor Get me a Mary Astor type Get me a young Mary Astor. And who's Mary Astor? Claudette Colbert said, uh, if I couldn't laugh, I'd rather die. Uh, And I loved her for that. Claudette Colbert got $150,000 for this movie. That was 1942. Joel McRae got $60,000. Joel McRae ended up um, a a zillionaire like Fred McMurray and Dean Martin and some of the geniuses of show business, uh, Bob Hope. Um, They're not geniuses of show business per se. Obviously, they were geniuses of show business since they're famous and sexy and still known. But they spent all their money on real estate when imagine if I gave you $60,000 in 1942, what you could have bought with it. He bought Tarzana. (laughs) and had an enormous ranch there and sold it for a gajillion dollars to an oil company on the promise that they wouldn't build any derricks that he could see from his property. Um, He was married to his wife for 57 years and she's in I Walked with a Zombie. Uh, Oh my God, what's her name? I just blanked. All right. Mm, I'll come up with that. Uh, 1942 was a superb year for pictures. We're almost there. Uh, and cue it up right now if you're on YouTube this is a good time to cue it up Um, you're going to have to crouch during some of the scenes because Claudette Colbert is very short and her head went right off the top of the screen Joel McRae 6'2 so I don't know what you're going to (laughs) see it's going to be like Elvis Presley on Ed Sullivan a lot of below the equator I think with him 1942 is a superb year for motion pictures everyone talks about 1939 and and quite right because it was a shocking year Uh, a high water mark in Hollywood certainly um, 1942 Casablanca Holiday Inn which you're going to see endlessly on TV uh, in the next few weeks if you watch TV you probably don't you probably just watch your phone all the time so you don't even know what I'm talking about but it has Danny Kaye and Bing Crosby and uh, Rosemary Clooney and um, they sing no I'm sorry it's Bing Crosby and Fred Astaire Uh, that's the one where he sings White Christmas for the first time it's uh, a black and white picture I'm thinking of White Christmas which I've inverted uh, into Holiday Inn you'll forgive me and you'll never ever fucking correct me during the taping of one of my shows again I will clear this courtroom and we will not show the movie tonight I'm joking of course Mm. Bambi are you fucking kidding me I was taken to a drive-in to see Bambi when I was a child and when Bambi's mother was shot at the beginning of the movie I was in footsie pajamas at the time that's how young I was I was you know 34 very sensitive I'm a very I'm an artist how do we know you're an artist Greg? Um maybe this will fucking give you a clue.
1: Oh.
0: Christ. When Bambi's mother got shot, I burst into tears and my dad goes, "Someone's sensitive." Come they told me pump pumpa I hate that fucking Carol Woman of the Year Spencer Tracy and um, uh, Catherine Hepburn Tremendous picture It has the funniest fucking take of all time I'm not going to go through every movie I have 50 on the list by the way Word are to number 3 We came here to see Palm Beach Story You came here of your own volition Woman of the Year She's this high-faluting, like you know I guess they're reporters or whatever, but she's, she, she gets voted Woman of the Year by, like, the New York Press Association, and he's, like, a hard-bitten sports reporter and shit like that. And she goes through every change, uh, and, and, and it's a fantastic... Uh, like all great Catherine Hepburn, Barbara Stanwyck, Joan Crawford, and uh, uh, um, I'm, who am I? Betty Davis movies, uh, for the most part, they don't have to play prostitutes who walk down the street twirling their purse. Uh, a lot of times, they're larger than in charge of the whole fucking situation. And Woman of the Year... Um, uh, they make her be domestic in one scene. Like, there's this impetus for her to, like, cook breakfast. So it's 40s breakfast. So it's a percolator on the stove, a big glass one, and she puts a shitload of coffee into it and a bunch of water. And Spencer Tracy comes in, and he's like, what are you doing? And she's like, I'm making, I'm making breakfast, right? And she fucking goes like, right. And the, the coffee pot starts to fucking get to the point where it's going to blow up. And Spencer Tracy goes like this. And moves his chair that far I blew it by telegraphing it. It's funnier if you just do it. it's this. whoa It's fucking genius. uh George Stevens, I think that one. Uh, I'm not going to talk about that one. There's a lot of ones that you don't want to... Her Cardboard Lover with Greer Garson and Walter Pidgeon? Wow. That's one they don't show a lot on telly no more. I love you. I'm Walter Pidgeon. But you're doing Gregory Peck. I only have one voice. I'm Walter Pidgeon. If he sounded like bad Gregory Peck. To be or not to be with Jack Benny. Unbelievably funny. Um... What the fuck is that? Cat People. Maybe the most Christmassy movie on this list. Next to Holiday Inn. The Man Who Came to Dinner, unbelievably Christmassy. Uh, fantastic, Monty Woolley. Uh, oh, it actually has the I, here, I love synopsises, don't you? Synopsi? Synopsia? Synopsium? Synopsis? Is it? Cs. Cs. as in matrices. We're gonna strip. This is the man who came to dinner And then we're going to show the fucking movie When I don't even know if there's previews tonight These two guys who got up First of all, I don't know who the fuck they were <laughs> I have not met them, nor do I know them I know Hayden, who usually works here Or Hadrian, whatever he calls himself He goes by, like Secret Squirrel He goes by many guises they went, if we had any previews, we'd show them. It's like, this is a movie theater, you guys. There's only one edict here. It's like if you went to Macy's and you're like, do you have clothes? And they're like, we had clothes, we'd sell them. <laughs> this is a movie theater. What do you mean you don't have trailers? What do you mean you don't have trailers? We had trailers. Have trailers. This, for all I know, the movie's going to jump right in. And this is where I usually go to the bathroom and eat some milk duds. They don't have milk duds here, but if they did, I'd eat them. Would you eat a black cow? No, because I have fillings. No one knows what a black cow is? It's a, it's a lolly, but it's made of caramel or something. It's made of tar, let's be honest. It's made of asphalt. And you, you go like this, and then that's it. Your teeth are just stuck on it. There's no. You don't eat it. You, you have a violent. Fallacious argument with it, like, like that. You're like a dog that's been given a fucking leather toy. Like that's all that happens with a black cow. They're awful. They're awful. They're awful. Sugar babies, on the other hand, fantastic. I don't know why they're babies, but they're fucking good. I don't know. I've never had a sugar grown up. Sugar adult is the worst name for candy ever. although there's junior mints as if there were senior mens. come on try me <laughs> when a Serbian critic by the way we're talking about the man who came to dinner in 1942 Betty Davis Monty Woolley and Sheridan oh and Sheridan's great in it um when acerbic critic, Air Sheridan Whiteside, slips on the front steps of a provincial Ohio businessman's home and breaks his hip, he and his entourage take over the house indefinitely. That sounds so unpromising <laughs> that you can't believe the synopsis. A um, Acerbic critic? He is. Um, he slips on the front steps of a, of a provincial Ohio businessman's home and breaks his hip? Absolutely. How about... When Nasty Cur from New York slides in Ohio, all shit breaks loose. He has a penguin brought in. Or penguins brought in. The Glass Key with Alan Ladd. Unmissable. Um, Pride of the Yankees. I don't know if anybody likes crying around here. It's a movie about Lou Gehrig. Who's Lou Gehrig? He invented a disease in the 30s. You know... The fact that you just pretended to develop taste is so insulting to me. <laughs> this movie, uh, we showed a Preston Sturgis movie, The Lady Eve, a couple of months ago. Uh, but we've come back to the Preston Sturgis well because two reasons. One, we wanted to show a Beatles movie, and evidently they've been showing a lot of Beatles movies here at the theater where there's no trailers. And... <laughs> Secondly, uh, the other choices were a bit morbid, and we thought Preston Sturges is perfect for the holiday season. Last year, Jennifer chose uh, My Man, Godfrey, uh, with William Powell and Carol Lombard, directed by uh, Leah McCary, and it was a riot, and so we've gone back to the screwball well this year. We're so very glad you've come out for this one. I want to wish everyone a very happy holiday, and welcome again to the Greg Proofs Film Club. Uh, Felice fucking Navidad, as we spin Preston Sturges' 1942 classic, the Palm Beach story thank you very much wow what a picture uh, huh. normally we chat at the end here but I thought because it's Christmas I'd give everybody a break <laughs> uh, but before we go Rudy Valley and Mary asked her Unfucking believably funny. And if you know anything about Rudy Valley, he was maybe the biggest singing star of the 20s. He had a radio show. So, him singing under the uh, uh, balcony and all the and when he started singing everything, an unbelievably funny joke in the 40s at that point. Uh, Mary Astor had been in a scandalous divorce trial in the 30s, uh, where her diary had been revealed in all the tabloids. So, to have her play, what was her name? The Chunt Amelia? Yeah. I mean, unfucking believable. Uh, everything about this movie is uh, rip snorking good and the ending when he goes that's a different plot entirely and then the movie's over no one has the courage to do that anymore did anyone understand the opening sequence of the movie in any way no because it was completely perplexing why was Claudette Colbert in duct tape kicking a door open it has some of the best lines in the world that no one fucking laughed at in this theater because they go so fast when Mary Astor meets Joel McRae, she says something to him, and Rudy Valley goes, people not knowing you, not, uh, people who haven't met you, not knowing you're cracked might get the wrong impression. He said that. Not knowing you're cracked. And then... <laughs> I'd like to... What was it? You're a, What was it? You're a uh, something kind of girl. I'd like to take you to your room and make you cry. Papa. <laughs> That line is still scandalous. The Weenie King is maybe the funniest character in the history of movies. I don't know why he's in it. He's a complete contrivance. All he does is hand them money a bunch of times. He has no character. (laughs) He thinks Claudette Colbert is hot, and he's looking at her the whole time. And then Joel McCurry, why don't you go down there and give her a bunch of roses and wait off the plane when she gets there? And the greatest line in movie history, Money, I'm cheesy with it. I'm the weenie king. I invented the Texas weenie. Lay off them. You'll live longer. (laughs) Uh, Sullivan's Troubles has high-mindedness on its mind, if you've ever seen that Preston Sturgis movie. Uh, uh, The Lady Eve that we showed before is a real romantic comedy that's got loads of screwball intent. This one is a series of knob gags. Hidden... hidden amongst the rich. It's the only era where millionaires are hilariously funny by being inconceivable sluts or incontrovertible fucking nerds, right? Rudy Valley and Mary Astor are ungodly in this fucking movie, and the movie totally picks up when they jump in um, uh, and in any case, uh, thank you very much for coming out for this one, I really enjoy this picture, and uh, I think it's a cracker every time, also, I-, I thought that Henry Fonda and Barbara Stanwyck might be the sexiest couple, but Claudette Colbert and Joel McRae are getting it done, full on uh, when the music starts playing and then the next morning she goes, I gotta get rid of the bracelet and Rudy Valix walks in and she goes, you shouldn't have sung under the balcony last night <laughs> Have a happy holiday, everyone. Thank you. We'll see you next month. I don't know what it'll be. We'll see you next year. Cheers, everyone.